Hello and welcome to the Senior One Care Conversations podcast where communication leads to knowledge and knowledge allows an opportunity to be your best self. I'm your host, Kyle Bossing, and I'm the president and co-founder of Senior One Care. Thanks for being a part of our program. In today's episode, we will talk about the importance of listening to our bodies when it seems to be telling us that something is not quite right. My guest will tell you a powerful story about events which transpired on Wednesday, December 8th of last year, which actually led to the idea and concept for today's important episode. Our guests today are Cheryl Maynard and Adrian Sloma. They both have important roles at Senior One Care, with Cheryl recently moving into a new position of training coordinator and Adrian serving in the capacity of a caregiver and providing the client she serves with an exceptional customer experience. Cheryl has been with the company for seven years. She lives in South Bend and has been a South Bend native for the past 45 years. She originally is a native of New York, and her claim to fame is her very first job was a candy striper for St. Joe Mishawaka Hospital. Adrian is coming up on her first year with Senior One Care. She has lived in South Bend for almost 25 years. She is a mother of five children and has seven grandbabies, which she claims are her life. Together, they're going to share an emotional story told from their perspective in today's episode entitled How to Save a Life. Now, Adrian, as we mentioned, you have been a caregiver with Senior One Care for one year now. And just to be clear and transparent with our listeners, in your role, you are the one used to providing the care and not the other way around. So would it be fair to say that you are rarely a recipient in receiving care? Very rarely. But you found yourself in a situation on December 8th where in an instant, all of that would change. And I want to remind our listeners that the story we are about to share with you just recently took place, and that this is the first time we have really gotten an opportunity to get together and discuss it. So, Adrian, before we get into the story, I was wondering if you would be able to share with the listeners a little bit more uh, information about your backstory. And I realize this is personal, uh, but I feel it helps provide the listeners with some context as I explain the events which unfolded on that particular day. So if you're comfortable, would you mind sharing some personal information about yourself to the listeners? Sure. All right. And so you had mentioned before the podcast that you, you do have a health condition that you've been dealing with for quite some time. And if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more about that with the listeners, that would be that'd be great. So I have WPW, which is called Wolf-Parkinson-White Syndrome, and it's an electrical shortage of the heart. And what it does is when the blood flows back into my heart, my middle part of my heart catches it, holds on to it, won't release it. And when it does release it, it releases it in such a speed that my heart rate can either stop or it can say cardiac arrest or a stroke. Wow. So. But I do take medication daily that keeps it completely under control. So, and then when I had COVID, there was nothing that helped keep anything under control. Okay. So, even my medicine wasn't working at that point. Well, thank you for shedding some, some light on the, the situation for our listeners. 
And now as we go back to uh, December 8th, and as you reflect back on that particular day, or even waking up on that particular day, did anything feel different or unusual, or did that particular day feel like it was just a, a normal a normal Wednesday? No, I woke up lightheaded and dizzy. Honestly, it felt like my head was in a vice grip. Like there was just like so much pressure. And I didn't think nothing of it. I'm thinking, okay, I, I get chronic migraine, so I'm just thinking, maybe I'm getting a migraine. I'm fine. And then I was kind of trying to do my kitchen a little bit before I go to work and didn't sell my laundry done before work. And then I'm just, I'm feeling off. It's like just, I can't explain it, just off. It's like, all right, well, I got to go to work. So, because I know it's, you know, for our coordinators, it's not, it's not easy to try to find replacement at the last minute. And I figured I'll just go, if, I get, if it gets any worse, I'll go to the hospital after my shift. Mm-hmm. It's like I get out at 8 o'clock, I can just run over to the hospital if, if I get any worse. And so you had, a, you had a shift scheduled for that afternoon, and so you were still not feeling great when you, you arrived. Is that right? I was gradually getting worse at that point. Yeah. That's why when I that's when I called into the office, let them know, hey, you might want to find someone to replace me because I just don't feel very well. And told them that my blood pressure was high and I just I don't I don't feel good. And to give the listeners a little perspective, when I was in the office, I had actually gone back to visit the care coordination department and around that time Jen, our executive director, had just recently got off the telephone with you. And at that time, there were several of us in a room talking about the phone call that you had. And we were trying to determine what our next steps were. And shortly after I arrived, Cheryl, I believe you had stopped over from the training room and you were getting caught up about what was happening. And Initially, the thought process was to have you head out to the home where Adrienne was at and just make sure everything was okay. But before you had left, I know there was a thought of, okay, well, let's get some more information first before we make you, you know, head over in that direction. And I would say maybe two or three minutes went by. And then our director of care coordination, Jeffrey, had made the the call to, to send you over just to make sure that everything was okay because we were concerned for Adrian and we just wanted to make sure that, you know, she was safe. And if anything did happen where there was a a medical emergency that our client was, was going to be safe as well. So around that time frame, then you ended up getting in your car and making the 10 minute trip over to the, the home where Adrian was located. So maybe walk us through that just a little bit. I mean, what were you thinking about as you're heading over to uh, the house in that 10 minute? Well, I didn't really have too many concerns going through my mind at that point. I was just wanting to get there and make sure things were going to be okay. So I pulled in I got to the door and she came and let me in, told me she wasn't feeling good. I asked her to sit down and put her feet up and and kind of like relax a little bit. I went to check on our client to make sure he knew I was there because we were talking. I didn't want him to wonder what was going on in the other room. So then all of a sudden Adrian's like, I just don't feel good. 
and her color changed dramatically. Just beads of sweat were pouring off of her face, and I said, I'm calling 911. So I got on my phone, I dialed one, told them what was happening, and then got off the phone with them because I told them I had to call the office, let them know what was happening. And at that point, a 911 operator had said, call back if anything else happens. And I called the office and Trisha answered the phone and I told her I had dialed 911. And then at that point, I had heard a thump and turned to look and she was on the floor face down. So I told Trisha I had to get off and call 911 back. And she wasn't breathing. And I, when I got on with 911, she asked me to roll her over. So I rolled her over and started doing CPR. The 911 operator went through it on the phone with me too, but did compressions and then stayed on with her until the paramedics got there. And she came to once and then she stopped breathing again. So I had to do that a couple times. And then she came to when the paramedics got there and they took over. And then at that point, I went to also check on our client again. So he knew what was going on and didn't actually tell him what was going on with her. I just said she was dizzy and didn't feel good. I did tell him the paramedics were going to take her in just to make sure she was okay. And, and then I called Jen back to let her know that they came. And our client was a little nervous, so she wanted to make sure I could take care of him, and she would be there for Adrian. But by that time, I think the paramedics got her outside already. Before I went down, I remember feeling sick. Like, yeah. that's why I was trying to get up to go to the bathroom right away, because I felt, all of a sudden, I just felt nauseous. I felt very, very sick, and then I don't remember anything after that. I mean, it sounds like a, a very chaotic-type situation that happened while you both were there. Now, Cheryl, with, with your experience and and performing CPR. How long have, have you been CPR uh, um, certified or, or when did you learn CPR? Cause I mean, obviously you were very cool under pressure and a lot of people wouldn't have that type of savvy to, to do what you did, but you just automatically went into action. I used to work at Memorial and I was certified there through them. They required that. And it's been quite a few years ago, but I remember my training and my husband's also a fireman, so we talk about those issues that he does every day on a daily basis, CPR on, on people. And so we're always, he's always telling me new techniques and things like that and kind of keeping up to date through him. And in Adrian, so you were, you were taken to the hospital in, in critical condition. And, and what do you remember or what's the first thing you remember about the situation? The first thing I remember is in the ambulance, they called my daughter and they said that you have your mom <clears throat> and then they go meet us at Memorial Hospital. And I mean, it was just, it was chaotic and I still wasn't quite with it yet. I knew I was in trouble. I knew something was wrong. They told me at that point that if it wasn't for the person with me, I wouldn't even be here. And who, who had mentioned that to you? One of the, the doctors? The ER doctor. He said I went to cardiac arrest twice. The first time they believe was like a minute and a half. The second time they believe was around a minute. 
And how long, Adrian, were you were you in the hospital for? Just a couple of days because I didn't want to be there anymore. They advised against it, of course, and I had to sign a waiver. <laughs> but I just didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to go home. Yeah. Well, there's no place like home, that's for sure. And and how how are you doing now? What 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 type of update can you can you provide? I'm doing good now. I mean, I got some good days and bad days. I mean, they got me on three different medications right now to keep my heart pumping properly and to keep my blood pressure down. My cardiologist, he said that he believes all of this was actually due to me getting COVID. So it damaged my heart further. And uh, so just something I have to deal with apparently now. Got to be extra careful and basically just went through a whole lifestyle change. And did you mention that you're in a support group? I did, I am. Because knowing that you died is just, it does something to your psyche a little bit. And it just, I'm not okay with it yet. And probably won't be. But, so I joined a support group for people like me mm-hmm. who's, I don't know, I guess died and come back or was saved by someone very special. But... Because I just, I'm, I'm not dealing with it very well. For about two weeks, I couldn't even sleep. I was afraid to sleep. I was like, okay, it's like, am I going to wake up? <laughs> so I just, I, I couldn't sleep. So. Well, I can only imagine. I mean, that's, it's such a traumatic experience that, that you had gone through. But I, I would imagine that that support group does help to know that there's others that are, have gone through a similar situation that can help give feedback and help support, which... I'm, I'm sure that'll be a group that you'll, you'll be acquainted with for, for quite some time. Now, Cheryl, from your perspective, I guess, as we've kind of recounted and, and talked about what had happened, I guess, how has this experience affected you? Oh, my gosh. It makes me uh, appreciate every day, that's for sure. I make sure to tell all the people in my lives how much they matter to me every day. I try to be a little bit more understanding of people. I fail at that sometimes, but I still try. And I think also I try to let more people know that they need to listen to their bodies, telling them what's going on, not to be so strong to where... They're not going to do what they need to do to make sure they're healthy. Yeah, I think that's a, that is such a, such an important message because there are so many of us out there that will not listen to some of the cues and think that it's nothing when it's actually something. And so I think that is such a, such an important, important piece of, of what we're talking about uh, here today. Wow. I mean, this was a very, very powerful story, a very powerful message. And I know it's not easy, Adrian and and Cheryl, to to talk about some of these things. And like I said earlier, this is the first time we've gotten together. I mean, we were not really, you know, prepping for a conversation like this. It was we knew that there was an important story to tell. And we just, we wanted to, you know, share what is a very personal story to others in, in, the, in the, 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 the hope that, that others can find this message powerful and can learn from it as well. So I just, I, I want to thank you both for, for being here and you've been so open and honest and have shown a lot as you've shared this personal and inspirational message. 
and the two of you will forever be linked and connected and I'm sure you, you've already formed a, a special bond as a result of the situation that the two of you are in. So I just appreciate both of you being here and spending some time uh, with us today. So thank you. Thank you. Well, do you want to learn more about CPR training in your area? If so, please contact the Red Cross at 888 or you can log on to their website at www.redcross.org to learn more about the classes they have to offer and the different ways you can help save a person's life. I would like to thank our guests once again for joining us. I really enjoyed our discussion. And please be on the lookout for future Senior One Care Conversation podcast episodes in the coming months. And remember, if you have an idea for a topic for a future episode, please feel free to reach out to me at K-B-O-S-S-U-N-G at SeniorOneCare.com. But until then, I hope everyone has a great day, and I look forward to having a conversation with you all again sometime soon.